We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it take us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you love it We get it, yeah, we going in Yeah, we be focused like this is the bottom of night, baby You know we ready to win Sports to pop culture, we cover the Welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast We got a huge show t- for you today We're going two hours uh, <clears throat> this evening It's on a Monday we got a lot of guests uh, on. Uh, we got uh, the Rational Confidence podcast joining us at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, so we're going to get to it. We got Josh here. I think we got Joe on the line. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, and then uh, Dane's probably going to be joining us here uh, in just a little bit. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> Is that... And, Joe, is that you on the line, man? I can't tell. I can't. I, I usually you pop up as Joe, but it's popping up as a as, as a phone number. Oh, quiet. Maybe it's not Joe. Maybe Joe. it's a caller. <laughs> I don't think it's a caller. <laughs> not right when the show started. <laughs> hey, you never know. We could be that popular. Oh wait, never mind. We keep missing fucking Friday shows, so we can't grow without them fucking shows. We're, oh, I'm sorry. You're the one. Who, grow, you're the Josh. one who canceled the show. I I forgot. Sorry. Okay then. All right, Josh. <laughs> good good story. Cool story, bro. God, I just want to fuck um. Oh man, dude, we got we got a lot to talk about. We got news. We got current events. Uh, and we got a we got a let's face it, we got two hours of show to kill tonight. And we're going to talk lots of NFL draft coming up in hour two when the Rational Confidence podcast joins us. Uh, we're super excited uh, for them to join us tonight. But I, I want to start off with something. We re- I, This is right down Joe's rabbit hole. And I'm not going to be a dick this time, but the last time we talked something political, it was me and Sam purposely were going to play the cutoff music right as he was getting to his point just to piss him off. I promise we won't do it today. We won't do it today. Joe, are you there? Oh, so you're not going to be a dick. Today, I promise. I promise. Who's uh, whose number is six zero eight zero five three three? Is that Joe? No, that's not Joe. His number? No, I have no idea who that is dialing in right now. Well, why don't you go to it and see? I did. They're on the air. I, I feel like that's Dane. I feel like that's Dane, and he's like got us on mute or something, and he's not really on the show right now. I feel like I, I think that's I think that might be who that is. <laughs> uh, All right, we don't right. have Dane. Or, no, that's not Dane. Who? Hey, five one three six zero eight zero five three three. You're on the show. Uh, you're on the All Bases Covered show. What's going on? Oh, I don't know who that is, man. They're dialed in. Uh, so, oh shoot, you know that's uh, I know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, about time you know who it is. Uh, She's a peach. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh my God! All these people just pop up on the random names, and I, I, I run their numbers, and I don't remember all the time. Don't lie. So who is it? <laughs> Who's the big mystery? No, it was my wife's cousin. Ah, oh, I got you. Okay. But he does. He he doesn't want. To, I forgot that he doesn't want to be like on the show. He wants to just send us facts and information, and I that's I totally forgot. So anyway, oh, so we're he good. Wants, He's back so on. So he wants to be a producer, unlike our our producer, who doesn't look up facts. Our current producer. We need to. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like our current it, producer okay. Joe, who does that. Yeah. Exactly. So he's he's working his way towards EP status. All right. Well, since Josh, it looks like it's just you and me, buddy. We don't have Sam. We don't have Joe. Tommy's not dialed in yet. Dane's not dialed in yet. So we're we got to fill some time. Uh, Let's bring uh, it. Oh. Live and breathe. Here is Sam. Holy shit, I didn't think he was able to make the show tonight, but lo and behold, he is on the show. We, I was sweating a little bit, Sam, because Joe's not on, Tommy's running late, and it was just going to be basically me and Josh on the show. So I was and, and the it was, for it was a minute. One of, you, one of you guys is going to be the catcher, one of you guys is going to be the pitcher? I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. is, that, is, is, that, is that what we're going with, Fred? <laughs> Yeah, uh, apparently. Come on, Lou. Who's the pitcher? Who's the catcher? Dude, you know what? All, I spent like I spent the last out. three hours, like uh, changing my car battery because it was like had rusted bolts and shit, and then my starter went bad. So, yeah, that. Yeah. But damn, I got it up tough. and running. I did some Mad Max shit and fucking slammed. I, I literally tapped the starter as I as I was turning it. So, got it running. Nice. Yeah, Lou. Well, we're all, like we are all half very hour glad ago. that your car troubles are gone, so that you could join the show today. Because uh, yes, as yes, is, we uh, are. Because Lou, Lou called me crying, like, "Oh my God, Sam's not gonna be on. I don't know why." Oh, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was about to cry. <laughs> he said, we got such a big show tonight, and he's not gonna be on. Oh, I was super stressed. Super stressed. And uh, just just so you know, he went to Sam, go one that, out. Uh, your your presence your presence on the show is super necessary. Super necessary. <laughs> super necessary. Um, all right. <laughs> Wait, well, did I did I hear that correct? Is with... there is there a Bigfoot sighting today on the show? Supposed to be. Uh... Supposed to be. Uh, he told me today he would dial in. I sent them. All of the information, I sent him the call-in number, and I sent him all of the stuff that we'd be talking about. But I also said he doesn't have to dial in until, like, 8.30 if he's busy. So he might be dialing Why? in a little bit a little bit later. Um, but he's supposed to be on the show. Dane is also going to try to be on the show. He's doing some Twitch so, hold live on a second. So, so but, Tommy, shows, Tommy, shows, Tommy shows up once every three months, and he can join whenever the hell he wants to? Is he is he a part of the show, Sam? Is he uh, is he a re- is he an official member of the show? No, he's usually just a guest. So yeah, he's a, he's, uh, he's a big white can... yeti, man. The abominable soul man. That's because you keep popping him up so much, Lou. Great white buffalo, man. Um, 
teeing this up for Joe, Josh, and Sam, and I, I had it all ready to go to start the show off to it before we got to some sports talk. But the shit that's going down in Chicago, I wanted to get his. I wanted, and I was. I, I told uh, Josh today I wasn't going to be a dick and cut off music and cut him off. I was. I was just going to let him speak. But he's not on the show today. Um, he's he's getting uh, on. I just I just got a message. He is getting on. So. I will wait for the Chicago gun violence and what's been going on with the teenagers running rampant around downtown Chicago uh, until he's on. I'll save that. Um, so while we're waiting for him to get on, uh, obviously the big news of the day is Jalen Hurts' uh, contract that he signed. Uh, good for him, man. I think it's a good deal for the Eagles. Um, got him for five years. Um, $255 million with $180 million guaranteed. Uh, so that's, that's just, honestly, that's a massive deal, um, for the Eagles and for Jalen Hurts. Quick question, Mike. Quick question. Yeah. Mike, uh, do second rounders also have the 50 year option or is it just first rounders? They do not. Mm -hmm. They do not. Just first rounders get that. Yeah. Only first rounders have that 50 year option. Jalen Hurts has played, uh, Way more Three. than this. Oh, okay. Second round this is, is get this like, is uh, fourth year. Yeah, this was going into his fourth year. A year. The t- the team loses the option for a year to to pick him up for another year. More. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which oh, is I why I was talking about earlier why I don't want to take running backs in the first round because as a fourth rounder, let's say they have two really good years and the first two years in the league, you can extend them. For three years after that, like let's say I'm going to pay you, then you get two more years of them on a rookie deal. Let's say you draft the running back at 21, or let's say 20, because a lot of them, if they're really good, they'll play like their first three years, then they'll leave. Let's say they're 20 years old when they enter the league, and you draft them in like the third round. Well, after two years, they've had really good years. They're 22 years old. They'll come off their rookie deal at 24. You've now extended them for another three years after that. That's 27. At 27 years old, then you're like, okay, I'm not going to pay you another contract. But you've now gotten the, probably the best quality years out of that running back that you can. Whereas if you draft them in the first round, they have that fifth-year option. And then it's like by the time that second contract kicks in, they're already 26 or 27. So I, I uh, that's another reason why I, I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round at all, in in no way, shape, or form. But uh, um, yeah, I just I for Jalen Hurts it's a good deal. I don't know what it means for I don't know what what do you what you think it means for Burrow and Herbert and everybody. I mean, with it's got to be around the same price range, right? Like Burrow's probably going to be around four years, two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty million dollars. So I, I honestly think Burrow is going to get uh, a similar deal, if not a little bit more. Herbert, he hasn't earned it yet. Yes, I am. No, he hasn't. I don't. He has not earned it yet. Until you can make the playoffs and you win a couple playoff games, then you can then you can get that big contract. So, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Well, he's a good young quarterback, but I mean. He's been choking. I mean, isn't, that, like the, isn't that the same? Uh, isn't that the same knock on Lamar? Really, if you look at it. Uh, 
I mean, he doesn't have that winning aspect either. He doesn't have that. But he has He doesn't have that winner. He's got an MVP award and uh, at least one playoff win. Yeah, but I mean, how far did he really get? You know, in the playoffs, like how far has he consistently taken the Ravens? You're right. The divisional round is Deep. as far as he's gotten. Divisional round is as far as he's gotten. He's never made it to an AFC Championship game. Um, Yo, but. We got Dane now, and we got Joe. Tommy will be dialing in here in a little bit, and then the irrational, as I said before to our listeners who are probably tired of me saying it, the Irrational Confidence Podcast will be joining us at 9 p.m. to talk some NFL draft. Uh, so time we again? got a jam-packed show, guys. 9 o'clock. I couldn't hear you. One more time. Bruh. <laughs> this, is, this is like the league. This is like a marathon? A what? A what? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dude, oh, so we man. got Mr. Joe, Dane, a... Mr. Quarterback Picker himself on right now. Mr. What's, Dane. what's your thoughts on this, buddy? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? I think that was that was that's a good deal for him. Um I don't under I guess my whole thing is I can understand the – and I actually do kind of agree with it as far as Herbert not earning it because he really hasn't done anything. My question is, is that the coach? Because I don't like Brandon Staley as a coach. He makes too many stupid fucking decisions, like just really dumb decisions, like that, that basically that play-in game where both the Raiders and the Chargers had to tie and they were both in and the Steelers were out and that's what allegedly the Raiders were going to do. And he called that timeout, and they kicked the field goal to win. And it's like, what are you fucking doing? Like, they were in a formation to just let the clock run out. And so I don't know how much I put on him, but I guess a transcendent player makes everybody better, including the coach. Um, so I don't think he's – so I, that's where I agree with you guys there. But that's well, that's that's way way lots of weapons. I got a question. Why are you not... Sorry. sorry so that that team's got plenty of weapons to, to make it to the playoffs and compete, yep. right? They got that's what I'm saying. I agree with you guys because, a, yeah, a transcendent player would even get, like, would get the coach out of his way. I don't think oh, he yeah. has that in him. He seems very reserved to where it's just like, oh, okay, this is what the coach wants to run. Like, I feel like he's just not that – he doesn't exude that leadership. Like, remember that Thursday night game with Joe? It was um, with, with the Bengals and the uh, Jags, and Bengals were down, and then the second half they did the mic'd up on Joe, and he's like, oh, looks like i got to put the game in my hands. And he just went out there and just took control, and they won the game. I don't think Herbert has that in him. Wow. So, I don't think that, that, that was contract not, And that was his knock at Oregon, too. Yeah. He didn't seem like he had the leadership, and that's why he couldn't he couldn't really take them to the playoffs, and he always struggled. And I think that's yep. what's happening now. Yeah, like at a certain point as a competitor, you want you you have to sometimes take the reins. Being a leader is not just knowing when to fall back, but it's knowing when to step up. And I just haven't seen that in him. Now I've seen the heart when he had that 
that weird rib thing that they said was broken cartilage, which I didn't even know was a fucking thing until it happened to him. And he stayed out there. He gutted it out. He really gave them a chance to win that game. But I haven't really seen him step up as a leader on that team. Like, you have – you have that C on your jersey for a reason. You need to act as such. Like, your running back should not be getting people juiced up more than the quarterback under no circumstances, unless you're Derrick Henry. <laughs> like, that's the, that's so the Dane, only exception Dane, what to that team, what, what team do you think that, that Herbert would excel in? Let's take away the Chargers for, for, for a moment. You put him on Minnesota, uh, you think he's going to do any better? No, I think he's going to do better. Herbert. Herbert. Who, Herbert? He put, I mean, he put Herbert the only, the only reason I agree. Setting records. I agree mm. that he that he might it might be more of the same thing, but my counter argument just for the sake of conversation, Kirk Cousins wasn't no hoe this year. And he's been he hasn't been below mm. average by any stretch of the imagination, but he was definitely average, but I don't think he would do well only because look at Kirk in the playoffs. That was one of those games where it proved everybody to be right about they were this they the only thing they had going for them was that record because the teams that they really needed to win against they could not get the wins over. You know you have so Dave let me, Green Bay. Dave, let me ask you a question. Real quick. You, okay. Yeah, let me ask you a quick question, man. Uh, just because I started to cut you off there, uh, but the, I'm. I noticed a little bit of apprehension when we talked to you about Jalen Hurst and the and you're like, Well it's a good deal for him. Do you not think it's a good deal for the Eagles? No, I mean it's a good deal. No, I didn't mean anything by that. I was just thinking because okay. I couldn't remember the, the exact deal. No, there's no apprehension. No, I'm glad he got that deal. Okay. A guy who takes you to the okay. playoffs his first year starting and then the Super Bowl his second year starting deserves that contract. That's good for everybody. He got record-breaking yeah. money. The team has a quarterback who they know can perform and is proactively elevating his game, as you've seen year over year, even in this small sample size, to go from the playoffs yeah. to the Super Bowl. That's a pretty big leap. So he's going in the right direction. He has an amazing skill set. I think he has the body type to really be able to take some of those hits that running quarterbacks often get knocked for for running as a quarterback. I think he has the body to – be able to take some of those hits um, better than a lot of running quarterbacks that we've seen. And I think it's I'm like, he deserved that. And the okay. Eagles have a quarterback. I think they, they can finally trust who either isn't too old or just too hyped up. And and yeah. the thing I like about Jalen Hurts is the leadership. He has yeah. yeah. great leadership. Yep. Uh, you go does. back to he Alabama. Does. You go back when he was in Alabama. He came on uh, as a redshirt freshman and took yep. that team to the national title. Got benched because of uh, he got injured and Tua came in, or he just wasn't playing well. Tua no, came in. No, he didn't in. get injured. He just wasn't playing. He wasn't playing very good. Yeah, Alabama he was playing like yeah. more in that game, unfortunately. And so yeah. they, they and went then, with Tua. Tua, Tua came Tua in, led the comeback. Yeah. And then he played behind Tua for that year, and then he transferred to Oklahoma, and he took that team. To uh, the playoffs. Yeah. The playoffs. So that dude is a winner. I respect that man. He's a lot of fun to, mm-hmm. to watch. So I, I and, would rather and pay was him a second money round pick. than Justin Herbert. Yeah. 
Oh, I agree. What do you, what do you guys think about and the no-trade like, clause that he has in there? Oh, yeah. I the, like it. The what? You're looking yeah. out for you. No, like, y'all ain't, y'all no ain't about to clause. just... Y'all ain't about to just get rid of me whenever shit gets down. Like, we have ebbs and flows in this game. Y'all know that? Like... Yeah. I like it. So, I mean, Philly so did lose an awful be... lot this year. What I mean, they that? lost a lot this year. So we'll see. If, if, if Philly wins, like, 11-plus games this year and can make another run, you know, in the NFC, I think... Regardless, uh, he's still got the offensive weapons, and Philly has two first-round picks. They they pick at number Ooh, ten, and they pick yeah. at number thirty. And oh yeah, number they, get some draft pick, cap- they have some primo draft capital. They have some great draft capital, and then and that number ten pick, they might take a defensive player like there, and then they might take an offensive player at number thirty, depending on who's there. Um, I I've seen I'm a lot of places. Carter might be the one at number 10, and then Bijan Robinson at number 30 if he's still there. And, uh, you know, I've heard all this hype, and I, I want to save some of this for when Irrational Confidence comes on for, for our NFL draft talk. But, you know, I looking at the draft at how the board shakes out, I don't see any team. I And people might be like, oh, he's not going to be there at 30, but you tell me a team before there that's going to take a running back. Like, is it the, we, we know that at number one, the Texans at two, the Cardinals at three, the Colts at four, the Seahawks at five, and the Lions at six, Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight, and the Bears at nine are not taking a running back there. There's, there's just no way. They have way more needs than a running back in the first round. Then the question becomes, yeah. do the Eagles take them at 10 or do they wait? Because – I don't think the Titans are going to take him. The Jets aren't taking him. The Patriots aren't going to take him. And then the next team I see coming up that might take him is either the Bucks at 19 or the Chargers at 21. And you might say the Chargers, why? If they deal Austin Eckler, I could see a scenario where they're drafting Bijan Robinson at number 21. But then after that – the Vikings, the Jags, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills, and the Bengals, and then the Saints. So I don't – the Bills are a possibility, and I guess the Cowboys are also a possibility there. But are the well, Cowboys shit, really shit going on with the Bengals? I, I just – Bengals, I have bigger needs than a, than a, than a running back that I, that I feel like are a dime a dozen. And once again, I'll, I'll cover some more of this when we do our NFL draft stuff. But okay. I just I don't I, I don't see about Bijan Robinson why people are like acting like he's the second coming of Ladainian Robinson because to me it's not there. But uh, I, I uh, think too quick, much guys, hype is is not good either. You know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I want to I want to get to some NBA talk. I want to get to a couple different things. Uh, I wanted to talk about Chicago, and I promised Joe that I will not cut you off. I was doing that on purpose whenever you were trying to make a point uh, because I thought it was hilarious. So I won't be a dick today, Joe. Okay, I promise. Scouts honor over here. Damn well he won the scout. Nothing. Don't listen to that. And 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 if he does, <laughs> if he does, Joe. Uh, I think we're gonna go to Twin Peaks on Thursday next Thursday. I'll hold him down yeah. so you can kick him in his nuts. 
<laughs> Wait, so Joe Joe did not join? Is that, is that official now? Joe's here. Joe's on. I just, I don't I'm know here. He's just not talking. Oh, all Joe's right. There. Joe's there. Who's talking yeah, shit? Then? He's here. Yeah, I, I that was, used to ignore. Um, I mean, especially when Lou starts saying that, you know, Scout's honor when, I mean, granted, he was a brownie. Yo. <laughs> hey, I hit the oh, I hit the manual soundboard for you. Analog, baby. Louis doesn't identify as a brownie or a Cub Scout. So he, he, he doesn't know what he wants to You guys are on a roll today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So before I get to some of the Chicago and then the, the talk about Ron DeSantis building a prison <laughs> next to Disney World, I want to get to the NBA. Uh, NBA playoffs in full swing, man. Um, and, but here's the thing. I did this dude on the podcast who I'd been going back and forth with on Twitter, Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the Uncovering the Truth podcast. And this dude is LeBron James fanboy number one. Now, he responded to a lot of my tweets, but the ones where I could not refute that Jordan, when I when I made my case for Jordan being the better player, he had no comebacks for it. But he had posted on Twitter here that be the greatest of all time when you need the perfect situation to be successful. MJ needed top 50 teammate of all time and coach just to be above 500. LeBron won with three different teams, three different rosters, and three different coaches. That's much harder to do than how MJ won his championship. So, Didn't didn't LeBron have top 50 players, too, on his team? Like, multiple top 50 players? Multiple teams. I mean, he did have a lot of shots, you know. Dude, it's it's insane to me. The other thing that I I put down on here, here's here's another thing he tweeted here. So, let me just – I'll tell you guys my response. He is – he said, if rings are what you base your GOAT debate on because MJ has six and LeBron has four, why isn't Bill Russell the GOAT? If you allow MJ to be the GOAT with five less rings than Russell, why is LeBron excluded uh, with two less rings than MJ? The double standards are, standards are never ending. And my response was this, and he had no retort after this. Bill Russell won his 11 rings and only four teams made the playoffs. That's a fact. He, there's only, you only had to win one series, and you were in the NBA Finals. Okay, most LeBron fans, most LeBron fans, as you're, like yourself, base him being the greatest due to his number of Finals appearances and overall stats, more points scored, uh, more rebounds, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Magic Johnson had more Finals appearances than Michael Jordan, nine compared to six, but Michael Jordan is is deemed the better player more often than not. Kobe Bryant scored more points all time than Michael Jordan, 
Uh, he's number three on the list, all-time points. And he won five championships. And nobody says that Kobe Bryant is better than Jordan. And that's no, – and then he has no comeback for that because that's the truth. Nobody thinks that Magic Johnson is a better – and even though Magic Johnson won multiple MVPs, multiple finals MVPs, he won five championships. Nobody thinks that Magic Johnson is better than Jordan, and nobody thinks that Kobe Bryant is better than Jordan. And Jordan, and Kobe Bryant has accrued accrued more stats than Jordan, and Magic Johnson went to more finals than Jordan. I don't know if we have any LeBron fanboys on here on this on this podcast who think that who want to take the stance that LeBron's better than Jordan, but uh, I assure you that I will shoot no. it down. So, for the sake of, so for the sake of devil's advocate i can understand why people would say that but here's the only reason why and i think it's very important to remember this and i'm not going to talk oh it's a different game like i hate that like i hate that argument jordan was but it is better than lebron it's jordan fucking i mean if nothing else jordan played like hellacious defense like he was a problem and on top of everything else like yeah like yes the edge goes to jordan you have to remember with this, I don't know how old this dude is, but there's a whole fucking generation of people who didn't watch Jordan play. None of the people in this chat have, yeah. have been in a position to where we haven't seen Jordan play. It was Jordan That's and totally everybody true, else. That's so true. That's so true. Do you know what I mean? So when people, I think that a lot of, because one of, one of the younger guys that you know, I'm friends with and used to be his mentor he loves LeBron, and he'll argue you to death to the death that LeBron is better than Jordan. But he was born in '97. He never really saw yeah. Jordan in his heyday. We got to invite see that all motherfucker of on. No, yeah, we're not you on. think you think each era has its defining <laughs> star, and then it that. and then there's these arguments for goats, and and you know you have like the previous generation constantly arguing that they're better, like. Prior to Michael Jordan coming in, right, there was an argument of right. who's the better basketball player then, right? Some said Larry Bird, mm-hmm. some said Magic Johnson, some said Kareem. Him. But then the people that said Kareem saw him play 10 years, 15 years before that, right? But here's, here's my one argument to the people that will argue about LeBron James, and, and, and this is the other argument that I have. LeBron James mm-hmm. has played 20 seasons in the NBA so far. Michael Jordan ended right. his career at 15 at 15 seasons. And granted, took a year. Oh, and you can't count the last two with back. the Wizards, bro. No, but they they do count. They're still part of it, even though he came back off three years. But here's regardless, Michael Jordan, even if you count the Wizards seasons off of three years of retirement, played 15 seasons total in the NBA. LeBron's already at 20. LeBron James is still five more season, five more seasons, and lots a ton more games than Michael Jordan. He is still two championships, Defensive Player of the Year, two Finals MVPs, one MVP, three All Defensive Teams, and nine scoring titles away from matching Jordan's accomplishments. So Jordan did more in less time than LeBron has done in 20 seasons. <clears throat> That's not to take anything away yep. from LeBron. He's been great. That's not LeBron is a top player of all time, but it still stands. He had to leave Cleveland and go join up with D Wade and Chris Bosh. When they got old, he traded them in 
for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And when <laughs> Kyrie Irving had his mental breakdown and Kevin Love just wasn't the same player, he traded them in again and said, I'm going to L.A. And then he forced L.A. to trade away Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and a slew of other players that could be helping him now. Uh, they traded away Julius Randle as well. And now he's got Anthony Davis, who's Mr. Glass, and that's it. Nice role players. And, and and he made his own bed. And, and, Sam, you and I have talked about this. Don't you think the Lakers right now, as it stands, would probably be a – do you think they would be a top four seed in the West if they never traded for Anthony Davis and they kept Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart? And and then and, and you're forgetting the pick, the pick that they gave up for these, you know, for for Anthony Davis. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. For, for right. Russell Westbrook, they gave up picks for yeah. uh, you know a pick for Russell Westbrook, dude. You know, they gave up. Yeah, so they gave up. I think they I think that was the nail in that coffin. Better foundation going for right? him. Going going for Russell Westbrook, which you know, like yeah, he has the heart, but like he's a fucking liability on the court. Like there's no way in hell that I'm. I already don't have a first pick until, like, the beginning of the rapture. Why would I give up another first-round pick (laughs) to get a dude that, like, is a liability? Like, of course he – like, oh, he he averaged a triple-double. Yeah, he was the only motherfucker on that OKC team that was worth a damn when everything was said and done. That wasn't Chris Paul. And then even the people that said, yeah, we're going to stay around. Who was that? It was Paul George that said he was going to stay in OKC. And then fucking he got – He just got out and went to – yeah, and went yeah. right to L.A. So, like, the problem – at a certain point, you have to look at yourself in the mirror like, oh, man, I, maybe maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. No, but and he's, he's never been able Clippers, to do man. that. He's, he's huh? playing great now. He's playing really good for the Clippers now. And the thing is – Which is great. That's good. But – I'm I think talking, he needs a good but coach. That's such a small, that guy needs a good coach. But that's a small – right yeah. coach. But, he needs I mean, a good yeah, coach, but you but need all of that – be rough, though. That's the thing. With the Lakers, they were trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Russell Westbrook is not a great shooter. We know this. What his strength is, is driving to the basket, being aggressive, getting a quick rebound, and starting a fast break. That is Russell Westbrook's specialty. He's not a great defender. He's not a terrible defender, but he's not a great defender, and he's not a great shooter. And LeBron is the primary ball handler. And they were trying to turn Russell into, like, a spot-up. And, and that's not his game. And now in And that's in why his LA, game, even on the Wizards, I'm sorry, when he was with Washington for, uh, 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 you know, a year, it worked out for him. He, he actually did well there. And, and it's because – and the Clippers, they need a point guard. They don't really have a point guard. And Russell Westbrook's not the best distributor. Like, no one's going to confuse him for Chris Paul or some of these other, you know, great distributors of the basketball. But the Clippers need someone high energy that's going to kind of – that they can feed off of because, really, that's not Kawhi Leonard or Paul George's game. They're not high energy guys that they, that other people can feed off of. And I think Westbrook is. I think they're more rhythm and guys, he, right? Yeah, they're more rhythm guys. They're more like, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it. But, you know, and they're great defenders. So, Kawhi Leonard. They let their defense the turn and go to offense, too. 
And they, they, I, and I want to ask you guys a hypothetical West question. So go, go back to when the Lakers drafted Lonzo Ball, right? They had the, they had the opportunity to uh, draft De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. How do you think this what, – what position do you think the Lakers would be in if they actually got De'Aaron Fox with LeBron and Anthony Davis? Do you think they'd be one, two, three, four seed in the West? They'd probably they'd probably be like I'll do you one better. Four seed. Imagine the Kings would have taken okay, Luka Doncic instead of Marvin Bagley. Yeah. But, yeah. But let me tell you guys this: you know who else they pass, You know who else the Lakers passed on um, when they took Lonzo Ball at number two? Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, I bet Tatum. Yeah, I bet they uh, went the next pick. Yeah, and you know who else went in that draft later? Donovan Mitchell at pick number thirteen. So the Lakers took the Lakers took Lonzo Ball, who I think is a fine distributor. He's a nice passer. He's not a great scorer or shooter. To Josh's point, could you imagine if the Lakers took Tatum or De'Aaron Foster? talking dynasty problem. No, I don't even think it would be that because I feel like if you get something like that, then it would only be a matter of time before LeBron's like, hey, let's move him for this dude who's like in the middle, at the back middle of his prime to bring it in for a championship right now and not have another first-round pick for another 15 years. And we wouldn't I mean, really that's, see that's what they could do because yeah. they wouldn't be with a with a team that would actually be willing to build and help and build what's needed for them to build and grow with the team. So, I mean, honestly, I don't even True. want to look at that hypothetical scenario because we kind of already <laughs> know what would have happened with that young talent. We already saw it with Lonzo yeah. Ball. So, who's to say that that wouldn't happen with those guys, regardless of how great they've been? They've been great because they were drafted to be one of the guys. They would never have been the yeah. guys in L.A. because LeBron is the guy. LeBron, well, the Lonzo, GM, the head coach, Lonzo like, brought all of that. I think Lonzo just brought a lot of baggage with him with his dad, and watching that UCLA, watching that UCLA Kentucky game, and De'Aaron Fox made him look fucking like a clown in that game. Yeah, how yeah. don't you, how don't you draft the guy that made him look like a clown ahead of him? And I, I don't think they because would trade him. I don't think want, Le- you know why? I don't think LeBron liked Lonzo. I don't think he liked that sideshow. If he got De'Aaron Fox, yeah. I think he would have stayed there. You know, you know what though? You know why he did? You know because Magic drafted him, right? That was his first draft. Yeah. When he became right. the president, right. right? He wanted. You he know, wanted to build you, someone like himself, a large point no, guard that no, is a distributor, right? You know what? I think we all look way too yeah. much into this. It's the fucking Lakers. It's the Lake Show. They wanted box office. Yeah. That is literally the only reason that they drafted Lonzo Ball over anybody else that they probably should have drafted. But if we're being honest, again, going back to my previous point, thank God they didn't because we wouldn't know 
how great these dudes were in that system because the system was never going to be built for him in the first place. When Magic Johnson got there, one of the first things on his agenda was making it attractive to get LeBron out there because there were whispers when he took that job as president of basketball operations. That's always been the play. So whoever got drafted was fucked from jump because it wasn't going to be their show. It was going to be the LeBron show and the rest of these niggas. Like that is exactly what that was. And thank God that they didn't waste a draft pick on somebody who was actually worth a damn as a young player because their whole career would have been fucking just, just sent, just sent away to purgatory because now they have the stigma that you can never that you can never recover from. LeBron got rid of you. Why that's a stigma? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Should it be yeah. a stigma? Hell no. But that's exactly what it would have been, and we never see the the Donovan Mitchells, the Jason Tatum's that we see right now because they never would have the opportunity to grow and flourish to become them under the Lakers. So thank God they didn't draft them. Uh, thank I God think, it was just on the in that circle. This scenario, the way it kind of played out, it reminds me a lot of when, like, Melo forced himself out of Denver, right? And the Knicks gave up a lot of good pieces in my mind at that time. Obviously, no Tatum, no Mitchell, but, like, this is like a juiced-up version of that kind of, that scenario, where they get a star that is disgruntled where they're at, New Orleans, Denver, and the other team pays the house for him. Right. 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 And... Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be him, especially if they sign Kyrie. It's a wrap. But um, but the difference between New York and L.A., I mean, I guess thank God for all intents and purposes for Rob Palenka since he did what he, what he felt he needed to do to get in the position that he's in. At least they have a ring to show for that. The, the Knicks don't right. have shit to show right. for that. Uh, Absolutely. For that, Absolutely. Um, for that trade, they got they. What do they have to show for that? Lynn Sanity, that is it. And a failed Phil Jackson. I mean, look, 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 look. They had they had a couple. They had a couple of decent runs, you know, with Amari Stoudemire. They, while they don't have a again, ring though. A little bit healthy. No ring. No ring. Granted, no ring. No ring. But like I said, this is a lot more of a juiced up scenario. And LeBron's a bigger star than Melo is, right? LeBron I agree with that. But at least when they generation. when they paid the house for. At least when they paid the house for AD, it paid dividends, regardless of how you feel about the legitimacy of that ring, which is a whole nother conversation. They have a ring to show for it. They, the yeah. Knicks have nothing yeah. to show for that. I don't yeah, care about the a Knicks run. Also you don't didn't, bring a guy like that never in had another star outside of Carmelo Anthony. You know, they, they, were, they were hoping Carmelo would turn into sports. LeBron. Yeah, which was never going to be the case. That yeah, was never going to happen. Never going to happen. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's a snowball's chance in hell of that happening. But it's like, but when you, my point to what you were saying is, yeah, they had a couple of good runs, but fuck a run. When you give up that type of capital for one person, you want the run. And while I don't agree with the capital that they gave up for AD, at least they have a ring to show for it. They have a championship to show for it. They got to the mountaintop, and who knows? I mean, if we're talking about NBA, if depending on how bad um, Ja is, Job's hand is, they could have a decent chance to make a run in the playoffs. Granted, if uh, unless um, Golden State just finds their footing, and then it's a wrap. It, it goes to Golden State. But man, like they have a decent chance. This is the this is the only 
matchup, in my opinion, or one of the only matchups, in my opinion, where the seedings don't matter. I was actually talking to my wife about it yesterday when we were uh, watching the game. I'm like, don't let that seven seed versus two seed shit tell you anything. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Grizzlies should win. Or, no, they shouldn't. This is one of those things where that seven and two really doesn't matter. These are just two really – this is a really good matchup. <laughs> like, this could go either way. All right. But I mean, sorry, so maybe I, it pays. Sorry, sorry, Dane. I hate to cut you off. We gotta, we got about fifteen minutes before our guest, so we gotta be moving on to some other, some okay. other stuff Real here quick before, coming up. Just before, maybe that, maybe they get to pay, they pay, they get that payout again. Is what I was getting to with this, okay. depending on how the playoffs yeah. fall out in the West. That's that's what I was getting to. Okay, sorry. All right, so we got. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, because I wanted to talk about this a little bit before our, our guest comes on, is should, is Milwaukee panicking right now with uh, with losing Game One to Heat to to not only to a Heat team that that seems to have their number in the playoffs, but also possibly losing Giannis for who knows how long. Uh, Fuck yeah! If I was Milwaukee, I would be I would be shitting my pants right now. I would again on the flip side. On the flip on the flip side, Miami also lost Tyler Hero, which they can replace easily with Duncan Robinson. Agreed, but right, it's still yeah. a piece that they lost as well. And yeah, but they have probably play. indefinitely. Playoff Jimmy's play. back. Playoff Jimmy's back. Yeah, yeah. playoff Jimmy is back. Yeah, I'll say they have Jimmy. You, there's nobody on that Milwaukee team that can replace Giannis. Like, there's nobody on that team that can do what he does on that court if he's out for a significant amount of time. You can – you have yeah, Duncan Robinson for, for Tyler Hero. If he's yeah, out you for can two, give three Holiday it's a wrap. 40 points and it's still not going to make a difference. I agree. That's a fact. Because you don't have that big body to – you don't have that right. big body. Like, like you, you lose a lot when you, use, when you lose him. And, unfortunately, you don't have the depth to replace a player like that, not just from skill, but really size. Like – you can use and you can use Ben to pull Brooke Lopez out. You know, there's a lot of things. Miami's very well coached too. Spo knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So, so also shout out to I, shout out to Spo for showing that LeBron didn't make him. We don't say that enough. Agreed. No, he's he's definitely an underrated coach, but Milwaukee. Yeah. I don't know what it is, man, but Miami seems to have their number in the playoffs, dude. In the, it, it, in the bubble, Miami knocked them off. I feel like Miami knocked them off. In the, maybe they didn't knock them off after the bubble, but maybe before the bubble, Miami took But it just seems like if I was Milwaukee, I was watching that Miami-Chicago game for the number eight seed. I'm like, fuck, I'm rooting for Chicago. I'd rather play Chicago than Miami. And because Miami's got that – been there before, and wasn't Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals just last season? Yep. Yeah. That's correct. So I, It's not like, I feel like they were just injured this year, and that's why they, they fell down to like the 7th seed and ended up the 8th seed because they lost that play-in game uh, to Atlanta. But man, it's like, that was not a team that I, w- I wanted to face if I was Milwaukee. I, that's just, that's not where I wanted to it's the same thing that Dane that. said about about the West Coast, right? With the Lakers and the Grizzlies, kind of a little right. bit similar in the East, right? Yeah, a little bit. And, and, and speaking of, with the the Grizzlies, you got uh, John Moran hurt too. How long yeah, is he going to be out? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Saying the rest of the series, possibly. 
And yeah, so, I, think, I mean, they, they, Memphis they were gone. saying that they found a way to win without him, but I don't know if they can. I don't know. Not in the playoffs, dude. I not mean, in the play, maybe in the regular season. Play- oh no, no, no but, definitely not in the playoffs. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. who knows? Well, hey, I mean, maybe if they freeze on Anthony Davis the wrong way. Yeah, what if Anthony Davis gets hurt? Then it's a LeBron Again. on Jaron Jackson. I, I still think LeBron and Austin Reeves and and Jared Vanderbilt and some of these other guys, Malik Beasley, over over Dylan Brooks and some of these Grizzlies. Because I feel like the Grizzlies are fake tough guys. Like, they try to act like the Detroit Pistons without the championship. They, the bad, they try to yeah, act like the bad boys Pistons without the they're, championship. They're trying to, they're trying to they make the Tony Allen, you know, Zebo Grizzly, but it's not right. that. Exactly, and those yep. Grizzlies didn't win shitty. Yeah, they talk so. Yeah, they talk way too much to not have done anything. I was telling they my do. wife this it's, yesterday too. She's like, "Who are you? Who are you rooting for?" I'm like, "Well, I could, I'm like, I just want to see good basketball, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers win just because the Grizzlies just talk too much shit to have not done anything. And then when they won that round one game and they acted like they won the fucking Western Conference Finals. If that's not indicative of where yeah. this team is mentally, which is not where they need to be at all, I don't know what is. Agreed. Uh, that team is so too young. It needs a little bit more time. Yep, that's a fact. Young, but we can't keep using that forever because they were young two years ago, and now it's like get your shit together. Oh, come on. How long did it take time? OKC with Harden, Westbrook, and Durant to finally make it? It took them a minute. No, yeah. wait a I mean, second. Just, Hold on. Wait a second. Wait, let's let's take a okay. look at this. Let's let's look at Scotty Brooks, uh, and 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 Durant and company, and let's see how long it, after they were drafted because Durant was drafted in two thousand and seven, and then then he Harden played his first Westbrook NBA finals in two thousand twelve. Two thousand eleven, the two thousand eleven two thousand twelve season, but they made it to the conference finals in 2010-2011. So that was Durant's fourth year. It was Harden's third year or second year, and it was Westbrook's third year. Conference finals. Then they made it to the finals after that. And now John Morant, he was drafted in when? 2019? Yeah. Yeah. He also – I I agree with what you're saying. What the only pushback that I would give is, is there was a lot of extra bullshit that kind of got in the way of of his play. I mean, what it was not too long ago that they gave him comeback player of the year because he had some yeah. injury, and then he had an injury last year during the playoffs. So, like, I think that that definitely plays a role. But with that being said, especially if you're talking as much as you do, like. And all the extracurricular Dude, John bullshit. In you know, no, no way is John Morant ever Kevin Durant, right? You, you can't never – you can't oh, have comparison. John Morant oh, can yeah, never no, be no. Kevin Durant. Well, like, no, you're right. He's not going to be Kevin Durant, but he's still, he's still one of the best young players in the league. And I just – I don't know. Memphis just keeps talking, talking, talking. And last year they were like a top three seed. This year they're the number two seed. And I think they're going to get bounced by the Lakers in five or six games. I, 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 I hope you know do. I could be proven wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. And then the Lakers, because the NBA doesn't reseed like the NFL or other things do, then the Lakers are going to possibly get 
the 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 three six. Uh, what is it? The the Kings and Warriors in the next round. They got they got a super easy pass, in my opinion, to the NBA to the conference finals at least. Whereas if you look at the Suns and the Clippers, who were at four five. The Suns or the Clippers got to play each other, which the Suns-Clippers, let's face it, is basically a Western Conference Finals matchup with the talent on those two teams. Then whoever wins that series And PG's not even Denver. playing. And, yeah. Exactly, and PG's not even playing. And then they got to play Denver, who's the number one seed. Then whoever comes out of that, you know, let's say they have to face the Lakers. I think the Lakers having to face a beat-up Warriors team, an inexperienced Kings team, after they get past the Grizzlies, is way easier than the road that the Clippers or the Thunder are about to take. But um, real quick, I got to stop here. I think I think our buddy Haps from the Irrational Conference podcast is ready to join us. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna dial him in here uh, and uh, get him introduced, and right, uh, we will probably uh, move on to the uh, move on to the NFL draft. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to jump off here because I've got some business that i got to handle, but I wanted to come in, show support. You know, always love talking with Thanks, y'all. Thanks, So I'm going to jump Thanks, off. Thanks, Dane. Thanks uh, for thank joining y'all for us, having buddy. me. Hey, you, yeah, you want to confirm what your business is, Dane? Or no? Uh, I mean, sure. Um, so, Smoking as y'all know, I do DJ. Huh? Oh, okay. Who's your DJ? You Who's your DJ? I said, as y'all, it's your new favorite DJ, DJ Marvel. That's me. <laughs> Um, there we go. What do I have going on? Oh, I'm going – if anybody is going to be in Florida, I don't know why I'm promoing this, but it's one of the few things I'm going on right now. So May 5th through 7th, I'm going to be in Fort Myers for HeroCon, and that's going to be a blast. And I'm going to be emceeing a bunch of stuff, obviously doing sets. Uh, there's a bunch of performances. Stan Bush, the dude who did the touch for the Transformers animated movie on the soundtrack, he's going to be doing a performance. That's going to be really fucking cool. Some chick from uh, the chick from Encanto is doing a performance, which they keep they keep pushing that. What's her name? Adessa. Adessa. That's what it is. But yeah, she's one of the people on Encanto, so she has a Grammy. We got a Grammy winning. <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means, but like um, for everybody with kids, because I only got cats. She did the she played Dolores apparently. So like yeah, so that's happening May fifth through seventh, and then I'm going to. A, I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia for Rangers Seven Pops, June 16th through 18th. Um, that's going to be a whole. That's going to be a whole fucking vibe. So yeah, that's what I got going on. All right. Thanks. For All right, in, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for jump. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. We appreciate it. We, hey, we no problem. To, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Soon, man. All right, buddy. Yeah, take absolutely. Take care, man. All right, guys. Hey, you and too. Later, guys. Take care. With fur- without Where further ado, we got half- God damn it. I'm trying to do a fucking introduction. So just we got uh, we got Haps uh, Haps from the Irrational Confidence podcast. Podcast. We are super uh, excited to have you here, man. What's been going on? Did we lose you there, Haps? Hello? Fucking blog talk. Unbelievable. Blog talk. Do we have hey, audio issues? Something with the sharp. What's that? He's here. He's here. I said I'm here with swimming, uh, swimming with the shark. <laughs> oh, sorry, Staff, that's you. I thought that was your our irrational confidence podcast guy. Oh, uh, that's all right. Yeah, I figured. I figured you. I, I I figured I uh, I conned you. I came as a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, well, got him. <laughs> got him. 
Tommy, Tommy just texted me uh, real quick, uh, Josh, and he said kids are being difficult. He's trying to jump on, but his kids are being difficult right now. So that's so funny. Uh, no, he he should be like you and your kids. I mean, your kids are already like a whole lot of shit. We all got kids. All of us got kids. Yeah, that's yeah, funny because I was yeah. texting Seth the same kid, the same thing that hey, I got kids. I'll be on a little later. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm making my kids take the trash out right now. <laughs> Little bastards. They're, they're, I'm putting their, their ass to the work. <laughs> hey, I wanted to kind of just piggyback on that John Morant talk real quick. Go right. for it. Yeah, go for it. We... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody here mentioned, but John ja, ja really reminds me of, of that peak D. Rose thing. You know, that slippery, that, that like, you know, like th- that type of, like, fastball uh, 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 you know, that slinky athleticism, like that prime D. Rose, the artistry, the fluidity, he kind of reminds me of that. And I feel like that's his feeling. I feel like that's where he's going to end up if he doesn't get injured and, you know, wow. his availability is there. I could see him as the best team okay. in the future as he of the league. Okay. I, I like that. I mean, as someone that's explosive, he's not really a great – he's not really a point guard in the traditional point guard sense, right? He doesn't. He's not really in – just like Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose could get you six or seven assists a game, but he wasn't like John Stockton or Chris Paul or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some of these other guys, but he wasn't like a true – or Mike Conley Jr. He wasn't like a true facilitator. Um, so I right, definitely right, see right. that. Um, that's, a, that's a good comp, I would say, and especially because they're about yeah. similar sizes, right? Derrick Rose was maybe 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, I think John Morant six was three. So right, um, that's right. I, 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 I definitely see that. Yeah, they're both on the ball type of point guards too. So yeah, that's 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 a really yeah. good way to put it. They're not they're 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 more like a, 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 a step. You know, they're more on the Steph Curry type of point guards where they're more on the right. ball. You know, less. Yeah, they're more like that. But as far as that fluidity type of offense, I really see a lot of Derrick Rose in them. I really do. Okay, I like it. Well. I, I know um, I thought we were going to wrap up some NBA talk because I thought we had our guest coming on, but we can do a little bit more NBA talk while we're waiting for him to jump on. Um, <laughs> sure. Like, I, I want to know, as far as the Kings go, if the Kings get by Golden State, how much of a chance do you give them against the Lakers? So it, I, I think they can win. I think, yeah, I think they can win. And uh, it's funny because we're going to transition on to NFL anyway. But I really do see yeah. these Kings as last year's and uh, last year's Bengals. I really do. Um, I, I see wow. them being okay. that team that, that, that comes out, that surprises everybody, that goes all the way to the finals. And, and it's just, you know, that theory about, around, you know, defenses win championships. I see them nullify all of that. I see them, hey, look, they had a game that was, you know, what, 170? 175 to 174 or something like that, and they won that game. Oh, I think 173, so. Yeah, and they beat the Clippers in that game. And, you know, I, I really believe that throughout the whole season, things did a very solid job in closing out pressure games. And even last, oh, what was it, two yeah. nights ago, they did a solid job in closing out a game that, you know, all these young, young youthful players were under pressure. And I think that, that, that speaks a lot of volume, and, and I think that will unfold into something greater than we can assume. So, yes, I, I do think based I, on a lot of these, they can beat the Lakers. I don't think Mike Brown gets enough credit as far as 
of being a head coach goes. I think a lot of his early career, he was looked at as just the guy that was there that was coaching LeBron and that LeBron was the reason why he was winning. But if you look at it, in 2011-2012, he was the head coach of the Lakers lost in the conference semifinals. That was a team, um, I, I believe that was one of Kobe Bryant's last decent teams uh, for the Lakers before things really started going downhill. Uh, because the next year he was there for five games. They started off one and four and he was fired. Then he went to Cleveland in 2013-14, which is, I think, right before LeBron went back to Cleveland. They missed the playoffs, but they didn't really have much in the way of talent on that team. This was the Luol Deng, Anthony Bennett, um, Kyrie Irving, Jarrett Jack, Deion Waiters, Cavaliers. This was, this wasn't a great roster, and he was able to win 33 games uh, with them. And now he's in Sacramento. In his first season in Sacramento, he wins 48 games. So I, I just I feel like Mike Brown doesn't really get the credit he deserves as a head coach because I, I think he's really quite good. I mean, he won 60 plus games twice in Cleveland. So. I, I really think he should honestly get more love. And he's definitely – he has to be coach of the year, right, this year. Is there anybody else that you can give it to over him? No, I agree. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those, uh, what do you call them, a unanimous uh, coach of the year. I, I really don't see anybody even coming close to it. Maybe that Celtics uh, Mausula coach might come, but I really see, um, uh, yeah, him, him really winning it. And, 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 and another yeah. point I really wanted to make – Kings is, you know, they, they got a home court advantage and, you know, they get it for a reason. And, you know, you really should expect them, you know, to win some of these pressured series. And yes, you know, I recognize with the Lakers and their full health, they are still, you know, you know, the most uh, um, uh, recent, I think, yeah, most recent West champion, right? Or who, who, won, the, who won the championship last year? Was it the Bucks? No, the Warriors. No, the last year it was. No, it was the Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. The Warriors. Sorry, the Warriors. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they are champions in the past few years, so they are very, 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 um, you know, dangerous, healthy, and they are healthy. So it's going to yeah. be tough, but but uh, but them having the home court advantage, I think it does speak speak volumes. So. Okay. Yeah, especially with Golden State uh, not uh, being a very good road team this year. They can't win on the road right, to save their exactly. life. Exactly. So yeah, they've struggled on the road, and even if it goes seven games, that game seven is going to be in Sacramento. So correct. Um, yeah, that's definitely going to be, um, I think, a tall task. Now, if Golden State can steal one road win, I think they got a shot. But they have to yeah. do it. So we'll, we'll, only time will tell. Hey, as we are uh, waiting for irrational confidence uh, um, to jump on here, as as they're handling some things on their end. I want to do a segment that we that we're debuting today uh called what if um over the next couple you know weeks months whatever we're all going to kind of take turns um taking our shot at a what if uh scenario that hey if this had happened what would the course of history look like today I want to I'm going to I'm going to start it off and I'm going to talk about the 2015 Cincinnati Bengals season now a lot of Bengals fans will know this one. 2015, the Bengals had the number three seed in the AFC, and they finished with a record of 12-4. and four. We drew the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. And 
Steelers were basically kicking our ass until the fourth quarter. The Bengals uh, scored 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to take a 16 to 15 lead. Then the Steelers got the ball back. They ended up throwing an interception, and I believe there was about Mike or, or Josh or Joe. Can you correct me? I want to say there was like two minutes and thirty seconds left on the clock when the Steelers threw that interception. But yeah, there the was, it was it was under out. three minutes. It was, it was definitely under three minutes. Under three minutes, minutes, minutes. Um, under three and, minutes and to the Bengals and go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so under three minutes to go, the Bengals end up fumbling the ball when they give it to Jeremy Hill, who had actually had a lot of fumbles that season. And Bengals just kneel it three times, get hit with a two-minute warning. They probably, Steelers would probably have to use at least one or two timeouts. And they kick the field goal now. The field goal probably would have been in the 40 to 42-yard. If the Bengals make it, they're up by four. And and Pittsburgh probably has one timeout and about a minute 25 to go down the field to try to get six, which is a lot tougher than having three minutes, all your timeouts, field to kick a field goal to win the game, which is what the Steelers did. And I feel like, at that point, had already lost like four playoff games. They had lost to the Colts. They had lost to the um, Texans twice, Texans. and they had lost to the to the to the Chargers. And they beat the Steelers there. I felt like that was a Super Bowl team. That I that that we we get past the Steelers, we face the number two seed in the second round. There's a chance for us to go to the AFC title game and go to the Super Bowl. But that Andy Dalton what he was at that point. I think us losing that playoff game was the best thing that could have happened to us because we knew what Andy Dalton was, what he could and couldn't do. Marvin Lewis was fired like three short years later. And then Dalton pretty much hit his peak at that point. He was gone. If they win that game and they go to a Super Bowl or they even go to AFC title game, Marvin Lewis is probably still the head coach and we don't ever get Joe Burrow. So I think in that scheme of things, uh, it ended up working out for the Bengals' favor, even though that was a heartbreaking loss, and I forever will hate the Steelers. But I'm going to cut myself off here because I believe we got half on the line here uh, from the Irrational Confidence podcast. So, right. and, and just so, Louis, time, before, uh, I do I do want to come back after, after uh, we get done with that because I do want to mention something about that game, too. Sounds good. Hey, gentlemen, right, how are well, you? And I, just, and I just looked up, and I just looked up a very interesting stat. And I just looked up a very interesting stat that that I want to shout out about about that whole whole uh, whole thing. All right. So at this time, I want to welcome Haps from the Irrational Confidence Podcast. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, how you doing this evening? Hey guys, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking some drafts with you guys. Oh, loving it. Now, I do want to mention that I believe Haps is from the Cleveland area, so don't hold that against him. He already doesn't see oh, a lot of championships. Oh, here we go. So. <laughs> now, listen, I was born and raised in Cleveland. Uh, I live in Florida now, but listen, it's all Ohio. It's all Ohio. 
So uh, as long as you're from the great state of Ohio, I'm pretty cool with people. All right. I'm the same way, so uh, thank you for that. So I want to Except ask you, I will not root for the Browns anymore been, now. How long have you been doing uh, your podcast? Uh, we've been – so we started this back in August uh, 21. Um, I do a podcast pretty much – especially during college football season, it's twice a week, and it's with my old college roommate, actually. And a long time ago, him and I, when we lived together, we had, like, this amazing setup in our house. And this is back when you had to pay for the ticket uh, for college football to get, like, every game. And you didn't have, like, a million Oh, I remember those games. days. Just... Yep. So we had three or four TVs set up in our living room. We had, like, three splitters going on. And so the, our roommates, we'd watch college football like crazy. And we would have these long – discussions and debates over over different teams and so we wound up talking quite a bit and saying you know it'd be cool if we could go back to some of those discussions that we had uh back then and and make it into a podcast and that's kind of how it started and debating uh whether or not old miss or mississippi state were going to be good a couple years ago and, and it kind of turned into something from there that's awesome that's awesome and uh, you told me that you currently use Riverside FM, and then where else can people uh, hear your uh, hear your podcast? You guys can hear everything, so anywhere and everywhere you get podcasts from. So we're part of Spinnable Sports. Awesome. So if you haven't checked out the website, spinnablesports.com, make sure you go there. Uh, there's everything from podcasts to articles. My co-host is uh, the one who pumps out a lot of the – different draft articles right now. He'll do previews for different teams. Uh, so you can check out there, but we have a YouTube channel. We're on Apple, Spotify, good pods. And I, that's how I end every single show. Like I'll list as many of them that I can think of. And I always say like, I don't know all of the pl- platforms that you can get podcasts from. So, but we're everywhere. You can, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. So. Awesome, awesome, and we are definitely have to check out that YouTube channel and then the website. Uh, you know, we've been we've been trying to grow. We are also on Good Pods. We are on Amazon Podcast and Apple Podcast, and so we've we've been trying to grow. We we started, I think we started ours uh, in 2020 out of COVID boredom, so giving us a chance to talk sports. So uh, we're definitely yeah, it's all about. And get, <laughs> and, uh, and get your wisdom, man. So uh, let's uh, let's kick off some of this draft coverage, bud. Uh, I think uh, one of the first things you had uh, here for me uh, that we were going to talk about is quarterbacks of the draft. Which, dude, I I have to tell you, I are hot takes, but I am not a huge fan of this quarterback class. But I'll let you kind of start there. We got uh, uh, C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce Young, and 100% honest, I, I think there's a huge gap between those two. And I even think there's a big gap between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And I, I think I'm, I'm one of the only people that believe this, but I think C.J. Stroud as an NFL quarterback is head and shoulders above everybody else in this class. And that's not – Oh, no, I believe the same thing, Mike. Ohio State fan. I've been, I've been singing, okay. singing C.J.'s number for a minute. I feel the same way. Uh, I'm the I'm yeah, a I'm, guy fan, and I, I disagree with that. I, I will go against the grain, and I will say I do not believe in C.J. Stroud as a – Full NFL quarterback. 
I I like both of the guys. I'm I'm an Ohio State fan myself. My my co-host is a Georgia fan. Uh, so both of us we watch quite a bit of football. I'm with you. There is two, this is really to me a, a two quarterback class. I start off. I I have Stroud slightly above Bryce Young, and really the difference maker for me is the fact that Stroud is six foot three. Uh, Bryce Young's five ten, five eleven, and and listen, yeah. man, I'm five foot ten, and, and you try to put me behind, give me athletic ability, and put me behind an NFL offensive line, try to get me a C over that. Like we've done this before. There, yes, Drew, everyone goes, oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees was six foot, and is the exception to the rule. Like I, and I don't Russell know about Wilson y'all. too. I'm he's, not, he's 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 the other exception, I would say. Russell Wilson, because I believe he's only okay, also yeah. like five ten or five eleven. Yeah. Yeah, he had a generational defense, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I believe I believe you really are I believe you really are the product of your situation, right? When it comes to quarterbacks specifically, right? So do we consider Kirk Cousins? Do we consider Kirk Cousins a franchise quarterback? You know, like it's like that. So can if if C.J. Stroud is somewhat like a Kirk, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. I don't think he is. Then you know, has a pedigree of a number one overall pick. So, no, I, I personally don't think C.J. Stroud is going to be um, as, um, you know, as, as much as he's, as he's touted out to be. I, I personally don't believe that either. So, I mean, you're, you watch – obviously you're a Buckeye fan and, and you've watched C.J. Stroud over the, the last couple of years. Uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed is when he does get pressure, he's, he's not very accurate. He's not accurate with the deep ball. Uh, he's very good with the intermediate passes, it, it seems like. But I, I think he's scared. I think he's scared to take a hit in the in the pocket. And I think that's why I, I just don't trust him in the big game or anything like that. But I think so, some so, of those things are teachable traits, though. You so can't teach all the traits, right? Let, you're right. But let's take a look at some of the things that Stroud, Stroud went up against this year. If you take back, and again, you, I want to say I don't have it directly in front of me, but I want to say that Stroud went up against like four or five of the top-rated pass defenses in the country this past season. And every single time he went up against one of those defenses, he wound up having the best production that anyone did against those defenses. And then on top of that, you know, I take a look. The tape that really stands out to me, especially when I'm talking about Stroud, and the same thing's true with Bryce Young as well. I throw on the Georgia tape, and oh, yeah. there's one commonality, one commonality between Stroud, Young, uh, Richardson, and Levis is they all went up against Georgia, and they all faced them in one form or another. Now, Georgia, we know Georgia is probably one of the best defenses in the country, maybe one of the best college defenses of all time. That, that defense is stocked, filled with number one draft picks oh, yeah. there for the last two years straight. Look at what Stroud did on them, and look at what Young did. And I think that's the telling sign to me. I, I agree with you. You know, when you see him face pressure, especially, you know, if it, if it, I always noticed that if it was pressure up the middle, he became yep. a little more inaccurate. Uh, pressure from the outside wasn't as bad for him. He, it, you know, as long as he wasn't getting pinched uh, and he had an ability to roll or, or dump off or check down in his progressions there, he was okay, but especially if there was pressure coming up the gut. So, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm drafting Shroud, 
ideally, I would look, you know, I think the Panthers should take him because I agree. I think he is the better quarterback. I think him and Young are 1A and 1B. I go with Stroud just because of the height yeah. thing. But if I'm Houston and I'm sitting there staring at him at number two, I would take him. And then especially that I have that second first-round pick, I can take either one of the offensive tackles because this is a very good draft if you need offensive linemen. It is. Or I might take I yep. might take one of the um, wide receivers. I might take JSN. I might take Quentin Johnson, uh, TC or TCU. Yeah. Uh, I might t- take a guy like Jalen, you know, Jalen Hyatt, who, who's got some insane speed this year, and I, I won't be shocked to see him jump. The other name I'll throw out. Not at 12, though, and, right? And, like, you're not taking Jalen Hyatt at 12, right? Like, I, I think he's, he's there at the back end of the first round or in the second round, right? Like, you're not, like are you thinking maybe the Texans it, grab him with the second pick of the second round? Or do you think they would take no, Jalen say, Hyatt I'd trade the, back. with the 12? I, okay. I, I'd yeah. trade back at 12. So, I think you could, I if think, I could yeah. trade back to, like, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah, and then pick up another pick somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think CJ CJ Stroud like kind of reminds me of golf. Like in the right system, he'll be all right. Um, you know, give him a good offensive line where he can sit in the pocket. You know, he'll have Pro Bowl potential. But the chances are, you know, he won't land in the right system. That's just that's just the nature. Well, so that that and that's a good. And then you also got to remember, he's not he's not throwing to. Four number one receivers. He's not right. throwing to right. uh, Olave, Wilson, Harrison, and uh, Jackson Smith. He has four number one receivers I, that he's throwing to the last. I, two I years. think the Col- he's not going to have that. Colts would be the right. best situation for C.J. Stroud to land in, but I, I, them at number four are not going to get him, uh, unfortunately. And I think the Texans are not. I think the Texans have enough draft capital to put some weapons around him because they have all those picks, like you were saying. Uh, but Carol- Carolina just gave up a ton to move up to number one. Uh, they don't really have much of a running game. Uh, I know they got Miles Sanders. I'm, I'm very tepid in that move uh, in the first place. Uh, they don't really have a true number one receiver. I know they got Adam Thielen. That's, you know, Adam Thielen's on the back end of his career. Um, and, and then they got, like, Terrence Marshall. But there's not a lot of weapons in Carolina, and I feel like if C.J. Stroud goes there, he might he might struggle his rookie year because there's not, there's not a lot there where maybe going to the Texans, they can add a few pieces. They got a lot of cap space still. But I, I, I do think that the Colts are the best fit for C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I have to But a lot that. of this I, – I just I – don't, I don't really what see – um, Guys going to oh, this reminds me a lot of the 2018 draft with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson. A lot of busts there. Josh Rosen, I think, was also taken. Um, you got to go to the right system. And to me, a lot of the teams picking at the top of the draft are are not great situations for any of these quarterbacks to go to, with the one exception being the Colts. And I think they should have traded up to number one. They didn't. Now they're sitting at four with a chance for another team to come up and, and jump in front of them and trade with Arizona. And now maybe you're stuck having to take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, Richardson God forbid. And so it's just they're not in a good spot right now. 
So I'm, I'm curious because I know, I know what's going down here Go in Florida and what the, pers- the perspective is down here. I'm curious, up, up in Ohio, what is, what is all your guys' take on, on Richardson, a guy who is built like, you know, he's insane. Like he's one of those guys that there aren't many people built, physically built like him. But then you take a look at him. If he is drafted, he will have the lowest completion percentage ever as a as a yeah. coming in as a first round pick. He completed less I think than fifty percent of his passes against Georgia. I, I I so let me ask you this question: Is he a bust if he's overdrafted, or is that like if I now I grade him out as a second round pick? Like if I got time to sit back and, and have him learn from it for a year, I like my chances with him. Yeah. But if I expect if I take him at four, is that is that a fact of like is that on Richardson or is that on the GM who took him up who took him that high? I, it's on I the would GM, say the GM. But I, I higher than to me, I, I thought coming into the draft before he shot up draft boards, I thought always thought he was a day three pick at a fourth rounder, potentially. I, a guy that can't complete 60% of his passes in college and he plays for an SEC power in Florida. And you can't tell me that they didn't have receivers. I've, I've seen other guys complete passes to guys that weren't even getting drafted. Um, complete 65% of his passes. Bailey Zappi completed nearly 70% of his passes at Western Kentucky well, without a single wide receiver taken in the first four rounds of the draft. So, I just I, I who, who Anthony Richardson, Richardson I think he reminds reminds me of Cardell Jones, right? Just out of nowhere, he shoots up draft boards and can be a top top. He's more athletic pick. than Cardell, though. No, no, I get it. No, yeah, he, but just yeah. that big strong I think it's arm, the arm strength. It's the arm. Yeah, it's the arm. That's the comparison. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they both shot up the draft boards like crazy. That's that's who he kind of reminds me of. So. I don't think I think he's going to end up in the XFL within the next what three years. That's that's still around. I, I mean, I, I agree. I, there's one thing you can teach a lot of things at the next level. You can't teach accuracy. If a guy's not able right. to complete passes at the collegiate level, I mean, it so usually would, doesn't would Josh, well. Would Josh Allen be the outlier? Then? Allen no, is the no, outlier, I, but he also I, played I, at I fully, Wyoming. I, I fully agree. I agree that it's accuracy plus reading defenses. Like, those are the most yeah. important traits to be a good QB. It, they really are. You can be the most physically gifted quarterback, but if you don't have those two most important traits, I don't see you as a success. I, it's just, it's, those two are very, very, very much the, um, you know, the, the, the traits you need to, to be success, successful in NFL. Yeah. Interesting. That's, 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 we that's down here – don't feel that way about Richardson. We, we don't care much for Richardson. I mean, so you're, you're kind of like Ohio, the Ohio boys, right? I, I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know your thoughts on 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 Will. Say, say it again. I missed that there. I said I'd like to know your thoughts on Will Levis. Will Levis. All right. So going into the season, I thought Will Levis and Hendon Hooker would battle it out. I'm very high on Hendon Hooker. Don't get me wrong. Um, Will Levis coming through. So I watched a lot of college football, and I mean like an insane amount. And I went back and I watched one specific game stood out for me 
like no other. And Kentucky travels down to Old Miss. And it's a tight game. It's back and forth. I want to say Kentucky had the lead and uh, Ole Miss gets the lead back. In the second half of that, go back and watch the tape of that game. Go back and watch the second half of that game, and you'll see Will Levis not make a single player around him better. And Ole Miss had a decent defense. They weren't world beaters. They weren't terrible. But that was where I really got off of the Will Levis bandwagon. Like, you take a look at him, you know, he had to transfer to Kentucky to become a starter. Okay, you know, the whole Joe Burrow thing, everyone's going to throw that back at you as well. Um, I I just – he's okay. I mean – Again, I, I think yeah. he's, I, I have him third on my board um, behind Young and Stroud. But, yeah, I mean, again, I feel the same thing about Does he require, like, a perfect system to work out? <sighs> yeah. You know where he – yeah, he, would, he reminds me more of Cousins than, than Stroud does. Like, I think he'd be great in, like, a Kirk Cousins okay. role. Okay. That's interesting, and I'm, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that you have him third on your board. I I have him lower than than that. I actually I have Hendon Hooker as my third best quarterback in the draft, even coming off the ACL injury. I think with his age uh, and his presence, his size, I I think he could I, honestly, even if he gets drafted and sits for a year, like. Uh, for instance, like Seattle, if they maybe took him at 20 in the first round and he got to sit behind Geno Smith for a season, I, I think he could be very good. I, I I like him a lot better than I like Levis and Richardson. I love Hendon Hooker. I absolutely yeah. love Hendon Hooker. I think he is – if he does not get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt this season, yeah. Yeah. we're having a conversation of him get for sure the third-best quarterback in this draft maybe, maybe in the conversation with Young and Stroud there. I think the only yeah. two knocks on him is the age thing coming in at, tw- I think well, he'll be 20, he is 24, 25 at the start of the season. And then the fact that he's yeah. got to sit for the year with it. Um, I'm a big, you know, I've gotten a chance to, I interacted with Josh Heupel before back um, when he was an OC back in the day. Um, and, I'm a huge, you know, I, I couldn't stand the University of Tennessee for, for years on end. Um, my interactions with the, the coaching staff that, that was there were a bunch of, you know, jackasses and stuff like that. couldn't stand them. And um, I, I actually got to meet Josh Heupel a few times when he was the OC over at uh, Missouri. And one of the best, like, coaches I ever met. Like, one of the nice, like, downright nice, genuine people. And, you know, most college coaches or, or recruiters are coming in and they're used car salesmen. Heupel was, like, the only yeah. guy I was like, that guy's, like, a legit nice dude. And they went he to UCF. He also played at a really elite level in college, right? Yeah, he played at Oklahoma. Yeah, he won a national title yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel, like, so, I feel like I'm the lone wolf. I feel like I'm the lone wolf on the, on the Levis take here. And, and it's truly, for me, it's the Josh Allen effect. Um, and I was, I feel like I was one of the only ones that always believed in Josh Allen, even when he was, you know, you know, kind of just considered a bust after his rookie year. I was still saying like he, he has that, the, the intangible that you need to be successful in, in, in football. And I feel that way about, uh, about, uh, you know, too. 
his his release is so quick. It's 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 truly it's, it's not even generational. It's it's one of a kind, and that puts him on another level from anyone else. And he can be mobile enough hey, to like keep you honest. You know who else had a nice release? I, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I was gonna go ahead and say that. You know what? When you when you talk about beautiful releases, the Jets, the Jets, uh, being a Jets fan, I bought that hype. He's a he sucks. He needs to sit for a couple of years. So since we're talking Josh Allen, somebody on this podcast has a hot take on Josh Allen. Let me see if what you think about this. Josh Allen will not be a very good quarterback in, in two years. After that, he's just going to be average and not, not special anymore. What do you, how do you feel? What's your, what, what's your premise of like, this is what I consider a very good quarterback. So, no. Uh, so, me, so the reason explain, why. The, let me this, explain. All right. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Go ahead. It all. No, go ahead. Cause it, yeah, because you're, you're the one with uh, the hot take. So. <laughs> so my reasoning behind Josh Allen kind of falling off the cliff in the next two years is, one, he lost his offensive coordinator in Brian Dabble, which kept turnovers down and maximized his efficiency. And the two seasons he had Brian Dabble – as his offensive coordinator, he shot up from being an average uh, to mediocre quarterback his first two years in the league to all of a sudden being a person that was completing 65, 66% of his passes and limiting turnovers. Now, this is his first year. This was obviously his first year without Brian Dabble. He led the league in turnovers. To me, he's big, he's physical, he has a running aspect, but Newton. Cam Newton fell off a cliff after 2015. I would say after the 2016 season, really. He was never really the same and able to regain that MVP form. And I feel like Josh Allen is going to be very similar to Cam Newton. That By the time he hits 29-30, he's going to either be Buffalo's quarterback or he's going to start bouncing around just like Cam Newton did, who's out of the league. You also have to remember they have to replenish they have to replenish his number one as well. Diggs is not getting younger either. Right. Yeah, Diggs isn't getting any younger. The offensive line is not very good, and they haven't been able to find a running back to complement Josh Allen at all. Uh, We'll see if James Cook is that guy. But yeah, I I, that dabble leaving him uh, was the worst thing that could have happened uh, for Josh Allen, and and he's about to be exposed over the next couple years as not being as good as everybody thought he was going to be. The only um, problem is that the Bills have won 10-plus games and made the playoffs in, like, three straight seasons. He's thrown over 4,000 mm-hmm. yards and more than 35 touchdowns in, like, the last three seasons. Um, the only other QBs to do that are Mahomes, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, and Peyton Manning. So, um, you know, and he's rushed over 1,100 yards. Um, so, you know, it's going to be tough to have, like, just somebody like that just, just come off a cliff. I don't see it, but, you know, it's a hot okay. kick for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but, I mean, he is going to have a tougher – he's going to have a tougher oh, sorry. go at it for the next couple of years, too. I mean, Miami's up and coming. Yeah. You've got – Is this – Jets... hey, Josh. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to hear what, what, what Hap has to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, not really you. <laughs> you know, I hear your voice every Monday, Friday, man. Come on. 
You're all good, man. Um, I think it's a hotter take that Miami's up and coming because I because wow. I, okay. I I can't I don't think two is very good. I really don't think he's good. Um, but that's just me. I I saw you know him get rattled and he's borderline on on a concussion. Um, Buffalo picks at twenty seven. They could go a variety of ways. You know, if one of the I think Osiris Torrance out of Florida, the guard, he's a giant. Yeah. Um, if he were to drop, I don't think he makes it to 27, but if he would drop there, you know, what What I feel like Buffalo needs is I feel like Buffalo needs to start investing in their offensive line. And if they start investing in the yeah. offensive line where, you know, you make the Cam Newton comparison, I, and I, I can see that comparison happening. But correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Cam Newton have like a shoulder injury and have to get like his shoulder completely like put back together? Kind of. Didn't he have like I, the I Chad think Penning, he did have a shoulder injury. Pennington, but Josh Allen also injured his elbow right last season. He hurt his right. elbow, and I, I I feel like we saw with Stafford, he wasn't the same this year. I, that could linger, uh, and then Brock Purdy uh, hurt his UCL. Uh, they're saying he might not play this whole season. Right. I, I so feel like I, three of them it, were UCL, UCL injuries with Stafford, Allen, and uh, Purdy. I think they're all UCL. Purdy. So usually when you get yeah. that injury, it's Tommy John surgery. And right. So, you see what happens to pitchers, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you but can yeah, go a couple right. of ways there. Go ahead, Hatch. Sorry. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you could go. I think it depends on what they start doing and how they start surrounding Josh Allen. Like if they continue yeah. to kind of do what they've done and just hey, you know, we're gonna run the same thing back every single year and kind of make the same things. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not going to be a great quarterback in in two years from now. Um, I, I take a look at like something like Kansas City. Okay, like you lose mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill this past year. And it was Andy yeah. Reid do like grand? It helps that you have Travis Kelsey, and that's a huge, huge help. But sure. what did Kansas City like reinvented themselves? They reinvented that offense. Yeah. They started spreading the ball around a little bit, and and they took Mahomes away from being. I don't remember Mahomes really running this year, and I would have to go back to see what kind of rushing stats he had. But I felt like this was his lowest running year ever. And then when you get someone. Um, a couple of like the running backs that he came out with, you know, it, yeah. it, I think it just is going to take them changing their offensive philosophy a little bit. They don't got to make like a huge thing. And you could have Josh Allen for a much longer time at a, at a high level. But if they, you know, if they stay on the current trajectory, I think you're right. Um, but God, Miami being an up and coming team, I have it. Come on. <laughs> I, was just, I was just saying, because you look at that division now, you got, you got Miami, they're going to be a decent team still. You got the Jets possibly getting Aaron Rodgers, and their defense is no, really no, there's no good. possibility it's happening. It's, uh, it's uh, you just never about know how much it's going to cost and when it's going to happen. That's it. It's done. Exactly. Sam's going to jump off a cliff and, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come to the Jets. <laughs> more or less. More or less. And, and then obviously you got you if got Kyle Shanahan comes in and takes Aaron Rodgers, I will literally fucking take out a hit. On Kyle Shanahan, so, dude. So can we go? Can we go as far? Can we go as far as taking your hot take to the point where you, where you, where we can convince you to say, uh, Buffalo Bills may not make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm actually going to call it for this season. I don't think the Bills are making the playoffs this year. I think their Super Bowl window is closed. Wow, that is a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. I mean, I don't think Kansas City. I don't think Kansas City wins the Super Bowl if the Bengals' offensive line wasn't injured. Yeah. That's my oh, hot I take. I, 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 I agree with that I, too. That's not hot. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, I know uh, we had this uh, earmarked on something, and uh, I wanted to talk about this because I, I have a very polarizing opinion when it comes to running backs. But B. John Robinson okay. has been very, very much hyped coming into this draft. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, and we kind of talked about this earlier in the, sh- in the show before you jumped on, that the Eagles pass on him at number 10. I'm not really sure the team he falls into. But – me personally, fan of taking a running back in the first round, um, even if I feel like it might be the last piece to a championship team, I would always prefer uh, a defensive end or interior defensive lineman or an offensive tackle or wide receiver or cornerback, any number of those positions over a running back. To me, running back, dead last position as far as what I would draft in the first round. The only thing above it would be uh, around the same area is off the ball linebacker. But Bijan Robinson wait, wait, quick question. Mike, has Mike, been quick question. counted. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Mike. Quick question. I mean, what if you have all the pieces there already and you just need the running back? You still wouldn't take them? For the case, though. Has a running back ever pushed a team over the top? How many Super Bowls did the Cowboys win with Ezekiel Elliott? You know, okay, given, they, given. I'm just no. Again, question. That's okay. All. Yeah. I I no I'm need to be a, a dick about taking it. Taking a running back there. <laughs> Sorry, was that dick response. I didn't mean to be a dick. Maybe it just came off dickish. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious, perhaps, what, what how you feel about Bijan Robinson. Uh, and if you would take him in the first round, if you were if you were a team like maybe like the Chargers, who apparently Eckler is not happy, you know, or more maybe if you're the uh, Atlanta Falcons at number eight, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on that. Or or the Cincinnati Bengals at number twenty eight. So yeah, you say that, that uh, when was the last time a uh, running back uh, like really won you a Super Bowl? I can tell you right now. Marshawn Lynch has something to say to Pete Carroll. Okay. At All right. yeah. but, but how long ago was that? How many years ago was that? That's almost 10 years What's ago, that? isn't it? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm trying to remember no, it was what a while Super Bowl ago. was. It was a while ago. But, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, we, we devalue – so I have a, a very specific philosophy that I've kind of like just it, – it's very traditional, but it – it kind of it's it holds true. Like, all right, first thing I'm going to draft is do I have a quarterback? Yes or no. If I don't have a quarterback, yeah. I'm always going after a quarterback. And then my neck, if I have a quarterback, my draft pick has to be one of two things: who is protecting the quarterback or who is tackling the quarterback. That means Agreed. my left tackle or my defensive end. If I have both of those spots in there, next I'm going to my quarterback's best friend. And when I say that, I'm talking about your wide receiver, a, 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 t- a big tight end, and a and what I'm going to say is 
I'm looking for a three down, if I can find myself a three down running back. A guy who I don't have okay. to, who I can continue my offensive philosophy on first and second down can be, can look exactly the same as it is on third down. That's where I think Robinson's value comes into play. Robinson is phenomenal okay. at catching the ball out of the backfield. I, you, you say the Chargers there, and I think the Chargers would be an amazing spot for him because I think that it would really help out Justin Herbert a lot. I could easily, and again, this may be a little bit of a hyperbole, but I could easily see him being very similar to LaDainian Tomlinson. This guy is this guy is It's funny that you I, mentioned that. Sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish your point. I'll, go ahead, half. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'll let you finish will, your point, and then I. You're, you're good, man. I I gotta be, and I'll be honest with people. I, coming into this season, I thought Bijan Robinson was highly overrated. I thought he was okay. overrated. I thought he was he, he was all a bunch of hype. I was like, Texas played nobody last year. He wasn't that good. He, you know, Texas was five and seven. He really didn't do anything to help their team. And I was on the not a fan of Bajan Robinson train. And then this year happened. So I agree with you. I wouldn't. There's not many running backs I would use the first round. If he can stay on the field on third down, I'm using it. I would use a first round pick on him then. Okay. Now I think I got a question. I got a quick question before you move on. Okay, before you move on, who's who's the comp for him right now, currently in the NFL for you? Ooh, so he's similar to a a young Saquon and a young Elliott. That's everyone's going to make those two comparisons. Um, It's not Jonathan Taylor. There's another one. It would be, you know, I think that he, I think you could sit there and pound the table and be like, he's exactly like Ezekiel Young. I'm like, no, he's exactly like Saquon. He's exactly like Jonathan Taylor. He's exactly like Lenin Tomlinson. Um, I think you could seriously make that conversation for any of those guys. Like, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think if you said he's the next Jonathan Taylor, I'd be like, yeah, I think he could be. You say he's the next Saquon. I'm like, I yeah, I, I could see that too. You, you know what? You know what really sucks? None of those running backs you mentioned has a ring, or has helped. I just, yeah, that's before. what I was gonna say. I just wonder how many teams like convince themselves that they're one great back away from like being the next, you know, good team. Like th- these things always come around with with guys like Saquon, with guys like Zeke, like even with the Steelers with Najee. You know, even though it was a later, a little bit later yeah. in the first round, it it it. it you can't convince yourself. I really want to know the hit rate of top 10 uh, RBs drafted. I'm sure it's high, but then, you know, you also have duds like Trent Richardson. The, the draft capital, yeah. put, you know, in running backs that high, it, it is definitely like, uh, you know, more successful than any other, uh, you know, uh, position of, of, of that, uh, you know, of that much capital. So I, I think he'll still go top 10. Um, I could see the Falcons okay. taking them too. But, you know, dude, let's see. You know, it's going to be interesting. Well, so here's one thing I want to point out about Bijan Robinson, and, and you mentioned watching him this year, and he did have a great season. I think he had 1,800 or 18 touchdowns and, like, 1,500 yards rushing. But Texas didn't play. They played Big 12 defenses, which isn't really defense. In the two games against 
Clemson are actually sending guys to the NFL in the draft this coming season, Alabama and TCU. Bijan Robinson averaged 2.4 yards a carry. And that was, so, rem- that's, that's just, to me, that's, that, that's a little scary to me when he's going up against defenses that are similar to the NFL uh, that are going to put players in the NFL. He's averaging 2.4 yards a carry. And my question to you is, is he that much better than someone I can get in the third or fourth round, such as a Kendra Miller out of TCU or a Dwayne McBride out of uh, UAB or even like a Tank Bigby out of Auburn? Is he so far ahead of them as far as production, what I'm going to get at the NFL level, that plug and play one of those guys in the third or fourth round and I have to take I have to take Bijan Robinson with the top twenty pick. Um so with let's go to the Texas Alabama game. Okay. Texas yeah. remember Texas is putting the boots to Alabama. They're moving the ball up and down the field up until Quinn Ewers goes down that game. Hudson card card takes over at when Ewers goes down. And basically, Alabama moves nine guys into the box to stop John Robinson. Like, they dared Card to beat him. And he almost did that day. But, you know, you look at the shift. that Go go back and look at the defense that Alabama played in the first half when when yours is on the field. And look at the shift in the defense that they they did in the second half. So, um, you're right. I would like to, to see a little more production out of him in that realm there. Um, it, so I think to me, you know, everyone wants to focus on just the ring and the Super Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, my main thing is, am I in the contention where I have a shot at the Super Bowl? Like, are you the piece that's going to get me to being one of the last four teams left? Like, are you going to get me into the AFC or NFC championship game? Okay. Because yeah. as, as we know, watching football, like, it's not going to be one player. It, it is a, a player to hear throughout that game that is going to determine who's going to wind up in the Super Bowl and who's not going to wind up in the Super Bowl. So the question I'm always asking myself, if I'm drafting this guy, is he going to be a pillar that's going to get me past the wild card round? Is he going to get me past the divisional round where I have a shot? Because, again, if I go into the AFC, you're asking my yeah. team to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I don't care if it's the, yeah. the second coming of Jim Brown or Walter Payton. That's a tall ask. Uh, I think sure. it's a little easier sure. in the NFC. NFC, who are you going through? Okay, I got, let's say I got to go through the Eagles. Eagles are a great team. But, you know, again, still tall ask to get there. So that's why I say, are you going to get me to the AFC or NFC championship game? To go back to your point, okay. you're right. You know, there is, there is some value there. Um, you know, the thing that I go back to, three, you know, is is Kendra Miller going to give me three downs? Is Zach Evans going to give me three downs? It, Bigsby, I'm, I, you know, you can keep your tank, Bigsby, man. I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. But a guy like, Ta, <laughs> okay. like Tajay Spears out of Tulane is another yeah. kid that I really wound up liking watching him a little bit. Um, another name that yeah. I'll throw out at you, Zach Charbonnet out there out of UCLA. No one watched those I, games. Like, I hate. I, I don't I, like him. But go ahead. Well, okay, that's wait. Because he he was on Michigan's team. That's why. Is that so? He's not. Hey, I, 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 
he's not fast like McCaffrey. To me, to me, he's most similar to Najee Harris. He, he has to be bottom half of the first round, considering where the running back is in terms of like positional value nowadays. Uh, I think teams, that even that is that's generous. I believe that, that elite even teams, that is generous. Elite teams don't elite teams don't often rely on elite backs. You know, things are done by committee more than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, uh, yeah. And and you know he, he wasn't quite he wasn't quite as much. You know, he wasn't used quite as much as, as, as many bell cow-type backs are in college. He gets a lot of touches. He does. But he doesn't take big hits very often. And, you know, I can't remember the last big hit he took. So I, I really don't see him. Like, you know, uh, uh, see what happens. That's what I say. Let's see what happens. I, 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 as far as value yeah. and top ten picks, let's see. It's tough. Okay. Yeah. okay. Im- imagine getting so value in the fourth round that you, that you took in the second. You know, or the first. Yeah, wasn't Tyler Algier or whatever? Wasn't he like fifth round? I mean, he's a great thousand yard. Runner. Tyler Algier was a fifth round. Yeah, Algier was a fifth round pick from the for the yeah. Falcons. Okay. And um, even well, Kenneth everyone, Walker, everyone gets falls back to Green Bay. Let me yeah. let me give you guys. That, uh, so if you want to talk about a late round guy for a running back, yeah, Israel Abaconda out yeah. of Pitt. Out of Pitt. That mm-hmm. dude is a monster. Monster. Only good player on Pitt's offense. Everyone knew what they could do against Pitt. You could load up the box against him, and the dude still had twenty touchdowns. He had this like I, yeah. he had a six touchdown, five or six touchdown game. And again, he's playing in the ACC, so I get it. ACC is not like it's not the same level, but it's not terrible. Um, I, I like him a lot. I like Abaconda a lot. A lot of ACC round? guys play basketball and football at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you thinking level maybe he splits right to like there. the fifth or sixth round? Yeah, I would. Uh, if I could, Israel. if I saw Abaconda, yeah, if I saw him sitting there at the fourth round for me, and I and I yeah. need a running back, he he would be who I would be circling. Like he's twenty years old. Okay. Kid can't even drink. Yeah, that. he's young. Yeah. I love that kid. I, I know love the him. Bengals have been – Bengals were looking at him, uh, which I think would be a home run for them, especially if they get him in the fourth or fifth round. I, I, I know that the Bengals interviewed him. Uh, so I, he would definitely be a, a nice pickup for them in the middle rounds if they can address defense in the early going possibly. Uh, speaking of defense, yeah. um, I know that you had talked about offensive line being a very deep uh, position in this draft, and I agree with you. I think, especially at tackle, um, there's a, there's a lot of good players, even guys that you could maybe find in the second or third round. Uh, but I think cornerback is also extremely deep Ooh. in this class, um, especially with the fact that you got probably at least five guys that could go first round, even though they might not. But you got Maybe even six, but there you know you got Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Deontay Banks, and Joey Porter Jr. Then after that, Emmanuel Forbes and Cam Smith. Uh, Forbes out of Mississippi State, Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Uh, both could find themselves taken in the first round, possibly depending on how the draft falls. I'm not that high on Emmanuel Forbes. I know a lot of people, a lot more people are. Uh, I don't like his weight. Uh, the fact that he's six foot one and he weighs 165 pounds that makes me a little nervous. I, I I'm higher on Cam Smith, who's also six foot one, but he weighs 180 pounds. Um, but even like after those guys, you got Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, who I think 
could be a second round pick, maybe even fall to the third. You got uh, DJ Turner out of Mich- Michigan. You got Hodges Tomlinson out of TCU, uh, Ringo out of Georgia, and I, I'm really high on Clark Phillips out of Utah, even though he's a little undersized. Thank you. And he ran a four five, and he ran a four five forty. I still am a big fan of Clark Phillips. I love him. I absolutely love Clark Phillips the third. I was waiting. I was like, okay, when is he going to bring get to Clark Phillips the third? Like that was the name when you were rolling through every single one. I'm like, he, he better get to Clark Phillips the third. I have, I have, a possibly. I and I'd have to talk to my co-host Fresh. Fresh did a great article on Spinnable Sports that ranked all like the top 105 prospects on offense and 100. Uh, top 105 prospects on defense. I need to go back because him and I have had a, a long conversation. But here's what I love about Clark Phillips III. One, he's undersized, but he is a he, he can play the ball. He's got gr- amazing ball mm-hmm. skills. It means he also is a fairly decent cover corner as well. Didn't get beat a whole lot. People are going to say, well, what about the um, Ohio State game against Utah in the Rose Bowl where Ohio State threw the ball? But he didn't really play in that game. Like, he wasn't yeah. out there. And and when you're talking about uh, the defensive coach, the defensive scheme out there, you know, Winningham out there in um, uh, Utah is one of the best, I mean, absolutely best coaches out there for defense. Um, those Utah defensive players are really, really damn good. So, I, I like him. I love right. Joey Porter Jr. I love Joey Porter Jr. too. Love that size. Love the six two, two hundred pounds. And he, yeah. you know, I, I just was, I was working on him. I'm working on a player profile right now on him. And I actually sat down and I was watching the tape of him matching up against Marvin Harrison Jr. And Harrison Jr. had a, burned him a couple times, but you know, who's who's going to be able to cover him the whole entire game? I was like, you know, Joey right. Porter Jr. played one of the best games against Marvin Harrison Jr. Love him, and I love Witherspoon out of uh, Illinois. But you're right. Yeah. There's a, you know, we could sit here and go nine, ten, eleven guys that I might not say first round grade, but what I'd say is top fifty pick. Agreed. Agreed, hundred percent. And then one guy that I also am a big fan of. Um, he's a little bit older, is the problem. Uh, but I, if he's, you know, I think if you get him in the fourth or fifth round, he's an absolute steal, and that's Riley Moss out of Iowa. He's six one, two hundred pounds, and he runs a four four forty. And I, I think he's a guy that I, while you know him being twenty three, while a lot of these other DBs are twenty one, twenty, you know, twenty two, um, is a little bit of a downside for him. Um, I still think if, if he's a guy that's there in the middle round, then you grab him. That's a, that's a steal. Yeah. And I mean, anytime you, it seems like Utah, you had coaching by friends out there at Iowa and what it yeah. was, Iowa has been putrid on offense, but what have they been able to hang yeah. their hat on? They've been a great defensive team. So defensive tight end. Oh yeah. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's, right. that's that's what comes out of Iowa pretty much these days. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, oh, it's an man. awesome yeah, defensive draft. It, it really is. Although I will say that I don't 
interior defensive line is not very deep behind Jalen Carter and Kalijah Canty. I, I don't think. I don't really see a lot of guys. I know you got like Moro, Jomo, and Keandre Coburn uh, from Texas, and then you got Jonah Taval out of San Diego State. But I, I feel like a big, big drop off after Canty and July uh, and Jalen Carter as far as interior defensive line goes. I know people are very high on Breesy out of Vera Clemson. Um, I wish I would have saw more. I, but here's the thing with interior defensive linemen: like it's so like. So again, I go off of what my eyes sit, show me. Like when I sit back and I watch, I watch tape or I watch a, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy those condensed games. And you sit there and and check yeah. them out. Brian Breesy didn't like jump off the screen as a defensive tackle. And now the question goes like, okay, was he being double teamed? Where you know, was he being chipped by the guard? Right. Like, how are they handling him? Um, you know. You're right. I love uh, the kid out of Pitt. He's amazing. Jalen Carter's interesting just because he's maybe the most talented. Him and Will Anderson would have an argument who's the most talented player in this draft. Yeah. But, or I'm sorry, Jalen Jalen Carter. Sorry. Um, Carter, I would be, I don't know, man. I, uh, anytime he- you have stuff that. That, that's right. a pretty big red flag, but and he, it is. He worries after the Henry Ruggs incident. <clears throat> yeah. Right. That. Yeah. Go ahead, and Doug. he he worries me because it it seemed like uh, was it the national title game? He was on the sideline an awful lot, but yeah, I just don't think he his energy was there. Maybe it was the whole. Well, they were also off before the, not out of TCU. No, even Ohio State. I think he was on the sideline a lot because he just couldn't keep up. Right, yeah. I think if if you got a fast offense, I don't think he's got the motor to go like some of these other defensive tackles. Yeah, like I I would ask myself, so who's the? All right, let's say Kelsey as as a center there. Like, so athletically, mm-hmm. a guy like Jalen Carter should just completely own Jason Kelsey. Like they usually right. completely dominate that matchup, but like when when you think back of it, like would he would he be able to beat like the elite centers in the NFL right now? I I don't think he would. I think that you're gonna have to kind of shift him. You might have to, you know, I don't know, like shift the, the entire defensive line to like a strong side for him, so he's going up maybe against a guard and like. You know, yeah. if that guard's pulling where he can just kind of shoot the gap real quick on there, he he's talented. He's definitely a, like a very very talented football player. But yeah, oof. I know it's a big risk, especially if you whiff there on somebody. Like it's a it's definitely a huge miss. But I do think he's got the talent. But is he going to work hard? Because you've seen the stuff with the coming out. Now he's saying he's only going to touch top 10 teams and does, is he, does he have the right attitude and you know he was involved in that fatal car accident at Georgia I just I don't know man they're, they're, like like Josh said there's a lot of red flags there it's, it's stuff that I think is going to be very uh, very interesting you're, you're definitely going to uh, have to do your homework yeah definitely and, I, and, and hope he knocks out the interviews uh, the interviews have, have to be home runs uh, for me, uh, too, when they sit down with the, uh, with the GMs and, and the coaches. But uh, 
Habs, I want to say thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on on the show and taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. I know you got your own podcast uh, that's uh, that's doing well, man. So I really appreciate it. And we hope that we can have you on again in the future, man. We've really enjoyed having you on and, and getting your insights. And, uh, um, you know, like I said, enjoyed having you on as a guest, man. I, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for the invite. I'd be, I'd be happy to come on anytime. Um, next time you have to get my co-host on as well. Fresh is, uh, uh, wow. Of uh, course. I'm pretty good at this stuff. Fresh is the, is the true brains behind the operation, man. That dude is like a savant when it comes to college football. Like that kid's got a memory like a trap. So it's insane. Uh, yeah. Well, definitely. We'd love to have, we'd love to have you both on, man. And hopefully we get off this platform soon and we can move over. I also think some of the, uh, difficulties we have with uh interrupting or or like not because because we can't really see each other's faces we're not in the same room and we're not on screen so hopefully next time we have you on we're on a different platform but we really appreciate it man and we yeah we'd love to have you and fresh on have you have a podcast on uh especially as we get closer to like um you know start of college football and, and camps and stuff so yeah but definitely loved having you on man and getting insight so we really appreciate you taking the time yeah, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank if you. If you guys do get get a chance, you know, make sure you guys check out spinablesports.com. dot com. That's uh, it's all free. There's no paywall. We're not going to ask for anything. We just want, we are just guys who, just like yourselves, we just wanted to talk sports with each other, give our takes and stuff like that. Won't have something as hot as like Jet, Josh Allen won't be any good in in two years or Miami <laughs> Dolphins or a team on the rise, but. But gee, like I mean, I'm down with it, man. Like, cause I think the AFC East is wide open. But that's that's another did, yeah. story for another day. So, thank you so much. Guys. All right, all right, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate it. All right, take care. Have a good one. That is all the time we have. We had a great show. Uh, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, once again, shout out to the Rational Confidence Podcast for joining us. Uh, we had a huge two-hour show. We will be back at it on Friday. Uh, hopefully, are we some sure we're going to be back on Friday? Happen. Man, I'm sure. Listen, okay, listen. <laughs> I had a rough day at work. Uh, we weren't here on Friday. I'll, I'll make sure I'm here on Friday. So just just to appease Josh. So. Thanks, yep. everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. We cover all bases, basic, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our response is amazing. All bases covered, yeah, yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off with a dome, first to the second, the